Well, good morning. It's good to pray with you this beautiful day. We have a fantastic gospel. Just this one passage is enough for you to fall in love with Jesus and stay with him your whole life long because he shows you who he really is in this passage. So pray with it this week. Don't just hear it today and then move on. Go back to it. Spend some time with it. Let it speak to your heart. What's the background? The background is this. That leprosy was and still is, though our modern medicine has, has mostly cured the disease, it was and still is a horrific disease. And in Jesus' time, it was very, very significant. A leper, because the nature of the disease was its communicability, a leper was absolutely ostracized from the people so that the disease wouldn't spread. It was a prescribed law. It's a law of the book of Leviticus that if someone develops leprosy, they have to be separated. And that separation was extreme. So lepers, they had to shout out if someone began to approach them, unclean, unclean. They had to rend their own garments so that someone could see from afar that that person was in fact unclean and they could avoid them. They weren't allowed to live in the towns or the villages that made up Israel at the time. They had to be separate with other people like them. Not only that, they couldn't come to worship. They couldn't enter the synagogue, certainly not the temple, because they were considered ritually impure. And then this, just from the nature of the disease, leprosy eventually affects the nerves. And so one who has leprosy will eventually go numb. And that's part of what's so damaging about the disease because someone could have a cut on their hand but not feel it. And then that cut gets infected. The area around the wound gets horribly infected, goes necrotic. And then that's where you start to have pieces of the body falling off. So the result was almost total isolation. So isolation from other people, isolation from God because you couldn't come to worship, and then even in that cruel twist, isolation from yourself, you couldn't feel your own body. So that's how horrible that disease was. And that is important for us to know because that changes how we read this gospel passage. The leper's approach to Jesus is shocking. Courageous, sure but also scandalous. I mean, people would have been horrified to see this. And yet, he comes. Now, why does he do it? I don't know. Maybe he was so desperate, he just didn't care for the Levitical laws anymore. He's at his last strand of, of what he can hold on to in life. But maybe also this, and, and perhaps this is more likely, that seeing Jesus, seeing him, he saw something in him that said, I could have a place with him and he wouldn't reject me. And so he approaches Jesus. He acts. He moves. And actually, before he speaks to the Lord and before the Lord responds, there's really beautiful truths in this passage. There's three movements of the leper and there's three movements of Jesus before either of them speak to each other. So the leper comes before Jesus. He kneels down and then he begs. He comes to Jesus. He kneels and then he begs him. And then he says, 
if you wish, you can make me clean. Now, Jesus, for his part, has three movements before he speaks. He's moved with pity for the leper. And then he stretches out his hand. And then he touches him. Jesus is moved with pity. And then he does something no Jew would do. Rather than being repulsed and keeping distance from the one who's diseased, Jesus stretches out his hand. He closes the distance. And not only does he close the distance, he touches him. And he touches him, and that makes him then ritually impure. But Jesus doesn't care about that. And then he pronounces his authoritative word. Not just, I wish you to be clean. He says, I do will it. Be made clean. That's the encounter. Look at our Lord. Look at him. He is not repelled by the disease of the leper. And the one who was once totally defined by his disease is now healed and made clean. The one who would have been known as the leper all his whole rest of his life is the one who has been healed by Jesus. What a transformation. What an encounter. Now you might be asking, so what does that have to do with me? What about me? Well, this. All through the scriptures, sin is associated with leprosy. Not the physical disease, but the spiritual disease, the disease of the soul. I said earlier that someone who has leprosy was totally defined by that disease. I wonder how many of us define ourselves by our own diseases. The sins that we carry, the brokenness that we have. I wonder how many are defined by some particular sin or some weakness or some brokenness. And so then we feel distant from God. But then also, and this is what sin does, sin makes us distant from other people because it's a rupturing of relationship, first with God and then with other people. And then also like leprosy, sin can eventually isolate us from our own selves. Right? Sin starts painfully, but then pretty soon it numbs us. And a soul that has been in sin for a long time cannot feel anymore. Well, that's a good descriptor of a lot of people. People who have been wounded by sin, but then who allow that sin to define them and then allow that sin to numb them. So separated from God, separated from other people, separated from ourselves. And sometimes we prefer that, actually. We can do that very easily. We can allow sin to become the thing that defines us. And then we, we build up walls of protection around us to keep ourselves separate from other people. That's the numbing. Think of how many numbing agents there are in our culture. From drugs to our phones. And we just numb ourselves by distracting ourselves just to try to make it through. And our existence diminishes and diminishes. But we were not called to that. Sin is never a defining characteristic of any of our lives, even if we might believe that. And I think we do, because I think sometimes this is what happens. We put on a show and we say, 
I'm going to present this to the world, but, but I actually believe that something defines me that is really, really horrible. If people knew who I really was, would they accept me? If they knew that I really struggled with this weakness, would they receive me? And so we put on a show. We put a good face forward, but interiorly we're more and more isolated and thinking over and over, no one would accept me if they actually knew. And then even God, he wouldn't accept me either if he really knew. So I'll just go to mass and pretend like everything's okay. But the Lord wants us to deal with reality. He wants, to, he wants us to live in reality. And he wants to change our reality. So we have to approach him. The truth is this. We're never defined by our sinfulness. But rather we're defined by God's love for us. St. John Paul II has a great phrase. He said, we are not the sum of our faults and failings. We are the sum of the Father's love for us. Isn't that beautiful? We are not the sum of our faults and failings. We're the sum of the Father's love for us. And what is that love? It's this. That God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. God loves us, and so he sends the Son. He gives his only begotten Son. And the Son who loves us shows up, and what does he do? He sees our brokenness, and he is moved with pity for us. Instead of being repelled by it, instead of scorning us, instead of pointing a finger at us, he stretches out his hand, he closes the distance, and then he touches us. And it's a healing touch. And then he speaks, and he speaks the authoritative word that he alone can have because he is the word who created the universe, who holds all things in existence, whose word has ultimate power. And what he says is clear. I will that you be healed. I will that you are not defined by your brokenness, but rather my love, which is coming to you right now. Friends, what a message for us. That's why this one passage from the first chapter of Mark can change your whole life. Jesus wants you to know how loved you are. But we have to approach him. We have to have the courage of the leper. We have to look and see that Jesus is not afraid of our brokenness. He is not afraid of our sins. In Hebrews chapter 4, we hear this, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is like us in all things save sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need. We confidently approach Jesus, confidently approach him confidence, confide, with faith, with trust. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. My friends, he does not condemn you. He saves you. He condemns our sins, absolutely, because like leprosy, they destroy us, they kill us, they cut us off, they numb us to the richness and goodness of life. 
And he will take that out of our life entirely. But he wants to save us because he loves us. Jesus' heart is so clear in this gospel. He doesn't wonder what he should do. It's immediate. He's moved. And he makes moves. He stretches out his hand. He touches the man. And he commands, I will it be made clean. He wants to heal us. The great Pope Benedict XVI said, healing is the central message of the gospel. Healing. It's the central message of the gospel. It's exactly why you and I are here today. We all need it. All of us. We all need healing. And the good news, the great news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ has come and does come. He comes to us right here, right now, in the words of the gospel and especially in the Eucharist. And he comes to heal us. He stretches out his hand in love. He touches us and he brings his merciful gaze upon our hearts and he says, I will that you be clean. Friends, let's approach him today with the same confidence of the leper. Be bold in coming to him as you are with your brokenness, with your weakness and know that he is the one who defines you. You are not defined by your sins. You are not the sum of your faults and failings. You are the sum of the Father's love for you. And that love is here right now for every one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And it is his love and his love only that finally heals.